0: joyous. It was an ordinary night where shepherds were keeping watch over their flock. Probably calm, quiet, peaceful night wherein these shepherds felt the normal difficulty of keeping their eyes open as their bodies were tired from a day's work. What was a normal night, though, would suddenly change to their amazement. The skies would light up as the darkness of night became the brightness of the noonday. The glory of the Lord, which is the brightness of God, shone round about them, the Bible says, and certainly, understandably, startled them. And in the midst of it, they saw the angel of the Lord appear unto them. And the reaction of the shepherds, it makes sense, as the Bible tells us they're sore afraid. I'm sore afraid just when the room is dark and someone flips the switch on, let alone when the glory of the Lord is there and an angel appears. Everything about that night changed so quickly, in a matter of a moment, and then with the appearance of the angel, they were terrified, fearing probably the worst. That quiet and peaceful night, the ordinary night that it was, had been disturbed by brightness of the glory of the Lord. And we can all understand the reaction of the shepherds. And I don't doubt that there was a mixture of reverence and fear in that feeling that is described as them being sore afraid. I believe that these shepherds would have fallen on their faces in fear were it not for those first words of the angel being, fear not. They were calmed by such words of comfort as they were enabled to then listen to the wonderful message that followed. The next words from the angel were some of the most profound and most wonderful words that are ever spoken. Words that would bring joy not only to the shepherds there that night, but to all who would receive those wonderful, amazing, good tidings. Follow along in your Bibles. I want to read verses 10 through 14 here in Luke chapter 2 as we see the announcement of the angel. Luke 2, 10 through 14. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That initial fear that overcame the shepherds, it quickly melted away. And the feelings and now the emotions that overcame them at this point were that of joy, an immense excitement. They went from being tired to fearful, now to joyful. And I guarantee you that there was no one as excited that night as the shepherds were having seen the angel of the Lord and hearing that wonderful news. We see in verse number 15 that they determined, after hearing this wonderful news, they determined to follow through with what the angel instructed them to do. It says in verse 15, And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. The lives of these shepherds would change forever following the encounter with the angel and then the whole multitude of the heavenly host after that, as really anyone's life would be after such an encounter. But to go and to see for themselves the baby that was spoken of, that was what really would change their lives. Joy was born in Bethlehem that night, and the shepherds were the first to hear this message and first To be on the scene. Tonight, I want you all to see that there is great joy for everyone as the birth of Christ, which took place over 2,000 years ago, is still cause for joy today. First of all, we have the declaration of the angel making it clear. In verse number 10, behold, he says, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. You and I may not have been present there that night. Other than, you know, maybe Brother Ken, because he's is he, the oldest. No, I'm kidding. He wasn't there. I, I can pick on him, because, yeah. None of us were present there that night. None of us were there as eyewitnesses to these encounters that we're reading about here in Scripture. But there was so much... That was relevant to us today, even though not not to anyone else other than God. But it says there in those two words of the angel, which shall be, he says, to all people. Tidings of great joy to all people. They were spoken to us as much as they were spoken to the shepherds there that night. Therefore, we have reason to have great joy nearly 2,000 years after the fact as we gather again to celebrate the birthday of our King. This message would not directly impact this angel for Christ was being born on earth as a human being for the purpose of identifying with every aspect of humanity and then offering atonement for the sin of mankind. Nothing there would directly impact angels. And yet I'm certain that there was so much excitement as the angel of the Lord delivered this message. Perhaps it was just a thought that God, our creator, decided to be linked, decided to be joined with his creation, which led the angel as one of God's creatures to be filled with such joy himself, delivering this message. There are so many reasons why the angel of the Lord here would have been filled with great joy himself. And the fact that we see here in verse number 13, that following his message, it's not just one angel, but following his initial message, he is joined by a whole multitude of the heavenly host. That's further evidence that all of God's creatures have reason to be joyful in Christ. Again, in verse 13, it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. It may have been that Christ was born in such a lowly estate, placed in a manger. It may have been that there was no room for Christ anywhere else to enter humanity in. It may have been that Christ received no such royal treatment when he was born here on earth. But the angels would see to it that at least the king of kings, the savior of the world, would receive a royal announcement. As the multitude of the heavenly host, it says, were sent to proclaim the news of the newborn king. And they themselves, filled with such joy, filled with such adoration, they gathered together to praise the Lord. For though he was born without a grand celebration to welcome him here on earth, the angels would see to it that their own joy of Christ would be known and declared to the shepherds there that night. It was a message that wouldn't suffice being delivered just through the spoken word of even one angel. It was a message that warranted the multitude of angels in unison offering praise to God. If the angels were joyful, how much more joyful should you and I be? If the message of Christ's birth brought the heavenly host from heaven down to earth, Shouldn't our songs be filled with so much joy and praise to God in heaven? The birth of Christ and the announcement was such a joy-filled occasion for the angels that it led them to leave the presence of God in heaven, to come down to earth and share the news with the lowest of the low here on earth. Think about this with me for a moment. With the little the Bible tells us about heaven... No one is thinking, you know, I think I'd rather prefer to stay here. The Bible says that when we find out about heaven, and just the the little glimpses the Bible tells us about heaven, we groan for that. Our bodies yearn to be in the presence of God. And here are the angels who get to experience that all the time. They're leaving to come down to here to come join humanity, to come deliver a message. Now, it must be something good for them to leave the presence of God in heaven, to come down and join the ranks of humanity, even if it's just for a single moment. It must be something tremendous. It must be something earth-shattering. And it was. It absolutely was. They're able to be in the presence of God in heaven for all eternity which will be the ultimate joy for every single believer, what would ever compel them to leave that presence and come to earth? They were blessed to bring one of the greatest messages the world has ever known. That the one whose presence they loved, the one whose presence they so cherished in heaven, Decided to join mankind here on earth. And the angels were so ecstatic. The angels were so filled with joy as they came and made the world of men aware of the greatness that was being born among them. Why? Because they'd already experienced Jesus up in heaven. They're coming down, they're they're saying, you have no idea how awesome things are gonna get. You have no idea Who is being born unto you? You have no idea the presence that is joining the ranks of humanity, of the joy born in Bethlehem. The birth of Christ, it offers us great joy because it was God who joined us that glorious night. Jesus took on human flesh for our sake. He became a man so that he might unite himself to us. That he might identify with us in all the trials, all the circumstances, and all the difficulties of this life. We wouldn't have a Savior who is familiar with all the trials that we go through. Were it not for the fact that Jesus was born as a baby. That he grew to be a man and was tempted in all points in which you and I can ever be tempted. Jesus serves as our great high priest today. Because he knows everything that you and I will ever go through from the very beginnings of our life here on earth to the very end when we breathe our last breath. He has been through it all. he's experienced every bit of it. And he knows what we'll go through. The one who made our salvation possible could only be our perfect redeemer through suffering. And that is why he came as a baby to grow into a man, but in the process endure all, the human, all that humans endure. To then one day stand in our place and suffer God's wrath for our sin. The birth of Christ offers us great joy because the purpose of Christ's coming was to deliver man from his sin and eternal misery. The birth of Christ was the first prophecy of Christ. also the prelude to god's offer of salvation god joined his creation when jesus was born here on earth and he did so really for the purpose of lifting man up to heaven there is great joy for the believer as we celebrate the birth of christ because it was the day that our savior christ the lord put on humanity and came to redeem us a further reason to be joyful is that the angel explained that the one who is to be born is our savior Notice what he says in verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The ones that are truly happy during Christmas are the ones who truly understand that they have a Savior. Those that are conscious of their sinful hearts are the ones who will truly be joyful looking back at the birth of Christ nearly 2,000 years ago. As a believer today, there was a time in your life where you were feeling lost, where you understood just how real your sin was, and you were feeling utterly hopeless and miserable. There was a time where you felt the weight of your sin upon you like a plague, like something that couldn't be shed because it was weighing you down and crushing you. A time of a wretched condition. And during that time, it would have been a breath of fresh air to you to hear of the Savior that the Lord has provided for you. Even though Christ may have come as a baby, what he came to accomplish would be for our own eternal good, as he would fulfill all of the requirements necessary to be, as the angel declared here, our Savior. Our Savior. And what a joy and what a comfort to know that we don't just have who was a man just like you and I but he is also it says Christ the Lord he is equipped for being our Savior by virtue of being God and Lord all the power of God came down from heaven to meet man in his greatest hour of need the infinite majesty of God stooped to remove man's greatest affliction and offer mankind a reason to be joyful And what a way to find our creator, join humankind. Notice how the angel describes that Jesus may be found in verse number 12. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. When you may have thought that God was going to join mankind, and if you were set to have to formulate how this would all happen, if you were... Designated the one who would make all the arrangements for God to enter human hum, humanity, life here on earth. You'd probably not form it up the fashion it happened here. You, you'd probably come up with some grand plan, some elaborate, elaborate demonstration that would be fit for God to leave earth, to leave heaven, and to come join us here on earth. And so it seems so backwards that we read about how it happened here. This shall be a sign unto you. The shepherd's probably thinking, okay, the Savior of the world, Christ, is joining us. There's going to be some grand parade, right? There's going to be some red carpet. There's going to be just a, a, a parade like we would never imagine, right? You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. When you may have thought that God lowering himself to earth was great enough... But then making himself accessible to all men as he's doing so by entering humanity this way. For who would ever fear to approach a little baby? Especially one that is born in such a humble and place and wrapped in such modest clothing. God was making himself known, yes, but also making himself accessible to everyone. Because if he came with all the grand celebrations, those who were poorest in the community would have immediately felt left out thinking... I can't ever approach that man. That man is too royal. That man is too prominent and noteworthy for me ever to come close to him. But the message is delivered to the shepherds. The message is delivered to the shepherds that God is entering humanity, and he's entering humanity looking like one of them. Looking like someone who can be approached by anyone. But this isn't the only cause for joy. For when you read on again in verses 13 and 14, we see the angels declare that the birth of Christ was to bring glory also to God. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The birth of Jesus brought more glory to God than anything else on earth. The Bible tells us in in Psalm 19 that the heavens, it says, declare the glory of God. If you've ever taken some time to just look out into the night sky, on a clear night sky, and see all the stars in heaven, see all the magnificent constellations that can be seen. It's amazing as you stop and consider how all of them were formed, how all of them were created, how all of them were set in such precise location. And then if you're able just to go and and just walk around God's beautiful creation and, and see every aspect that was precisely set in place and ordained to be in such a magnificent way there is no denying that the heavens and even the earth declare the glory of God just by virtue of their existence human beings were called to live for the glory of God but all of creation and all of humanity failed to glorify God the way that the birth of Christ did In the birth of Christ, we see God's plan for redemption of mankind unfolding. We see the great love that God had for the world and just sending us his only begotten son for us. We see the power of God on display as Jesus came down from heaven to earth. Only the divine power of God could have done such great things. We see the faithfulness of God to fulfill all of the prophecies of the coming Messiah, some of which we read earlier. We see the grace of God as he came offering his son for the sake of mankind. We see even the justice of God as, he, as it would be through Jesus Christ that the law would be fulfilled. And through his sacrifice, the sin of the world would be atoned for. The more we unpack what the angels were declaring here about the birth of Christ, the more we become aware that so many of the attributes of God were on display for the world to see on that lowly night there in Bethlehem the great birthday of our King. It is only because of the birth of Jesus that this world has even tasted a glimpse of peace and goodwill that the angels spoke about here. And really, the promise we have of true peace to come. The day is coming when this promise of true peace will indeed come, where the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, our Savior, shall break the spears of war and shall put an end to all strife. As surely as Christ was born in Bethlehem, and the record states it is, he will bring peace to all men on earth. He will establish his throne on earth and bring that worldwide peace to which there shall be no end. When we read these verses, when we sing the carols of Christ's birth, let us do so with joy if we truly value the glory of God. For the glory of God is seen throughout every aspect of the birth of our Savior. In the birth of Christ, we see the glorious union of heaven and earth. A perfect heaven and a struggling earth. But an earth that is promised to see better days through the peace of God and the goodwill towards men that God brings through Christ. The hope of all the earth is only possible through Jesus Christ. And it was at his birth that all was made known to man that God is with us. And this is why the angels praised glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward man. So whether you're one of the shepherds there that night, or whether you fall into the other category of individuals mentioned in verse number 10, the all people, there is plenty of reason to be joyful as we consider the glorious birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. In fact, we could make the argument that we today have even greater reason to rejoice than those shepherds rejoiced on that night. Because we today have the complete picture of salvation unlike the shepherds. After the shepherds went to see the baby Jesus in the manger we're told in verse number 20 of their reaction. It says, And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Now if the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God and they hadn't yet seen the entire working of Jesus Christ because he was still a little baby we today have greater reason to go everywhere, glorifying and praising God because we can look back on all of these events, the finished work of Jesus Christ, and all of it there, the work of salvation full and complete. There is truly great joy for us as we consider the birth of our Savior. Now, as we further consider the birth of Christ, I want us to think who this joy belongs to. Now, we've already seen that part of the joy of Christ belongs to those who tell it. The angels that shared the wonderful news to the shepherds were exceeding glad that they were able to tell of the birth of Christ. They knew of the greatness of Christ. They knew what he was set to accomplish here on earth. And even though Christ's birth would not directly impact them as much as it would impact humanity, they were ecstatic to be God's messengers for the greatest message mankind has ever heard. It should be then fair to suggest that the same message would bring joy to all those who tell it today. We struggle at times to share this message for fear of maybe what others might say to us or how they might think of us. We shy away from sharing the message so as not to disrupt what has become a fine evening and bring about contention to what has become a cordial gathering of family and friends because the two things we don't talk about are politics and religion, right? And because we have so many negative thoughts swirling in our minds as to how this person might react if I bring Jesus up at this moment, We keep silent. The more I consider the angels and really how they delivered this glorious message, the more it impressed upon my heart that every time we speak of the great birthday of our King, it should be spoken of with excitement and joy. The more I consider the angels and how they delivered this glorious message, the more it impressed upon my heart that we should speak on this as often as we can. You have every reason to be joyful if Christ has saved you. and If he's changed your life forever, And if the very reason you have the the hope of heaven is because Jesus came and was born on that glorious night, allow that joy to be present. You don't have to go through the Christmas season all ho-hum and just gloomy because something isn't going right. If you're saved today, you have reason to be joyful because we're celebrating the birthday of our Savior who came to be our Savior. Came to offer salvation. Let's be joyful like the angels as we speak about the one who has brought joy to our lives. As much as we want everyone around us to have that same joy in Christ that we as believers have, we know that not everyone will respond the same way to the message. Do not let the response of others, though, be a source of discouragement as you continue to go share that message. For though they might not share in the same joy that you have, you still have reason to be joyful. As much as there is joy in telling about Christ's birth, there will be some who do receive joy when they hear the message. I want you to look back at what we're told back in verse number 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. That last phrase is so very important. Good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Praise the Lord for those last few words. That glorious message, the good tidings of great joy were not just reserved for the shepherds, but for all people. Not just for every shepherd, not just for all those in Bethlehem, but all people everywhere in every age. It is a joy to all people upon the face of the earth that Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, is born. There is not a nation or a people group under heaven that does not have a reason to be glad and rejoice in the birth of Christ. All people everywhere have reason to rejoice. Christ came to be the Savior of the world. Not just the Savior for a few. He came to make atonement for all. Therefore, all have reason to rejoice in Him. But not everyone does rejoice in Jesus. Not even all the people who know about the glorious truth of Christ's birth rejoice in Him. Neither does Christ's birth stir people who know about the glorious truth to have them rejoice. So... Who then is blessed when hearing about the birth of Christ? Well, those who respond like the shepherds responded here. All those upon hearing the announcement of Christ's birth who respond in belief will enjoy such rejoicing. All those who do not doubt that Christ came to be their Savior and their Lord have reason to rejoice. The shepherds never had a doubt. They didn't hesitate after the angels announced that wonderful news and then just disappeared in the night. Notice again their response in verses 15 and 16. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. The shepherds responded in belief to the message of the angels. When the opportunity presented itself for them to actually set eyes upon baby Jesus, they went immediately. The Bible says they went with haste. They did this because they believed what the angel had told them back in verse 11 that a Savior had been born unto them. There was a recognition of their own personal need for that Savior. They knew he must be no one else but God, and their belief in the angel's declaration was what led them to obediently follow the instructions on where to find baby Jesus. Now, we have so much difficulty today with such faith that was present there with the shepherds there that night. A childlike faith that doesn't have to know everything, that doesn't have to have all the answers right away. We need, many of us, to have everything spelled out before us before we can make a definitive belief in something. We have to have it all mapped out precisely how it's all going to unfold, every detail carefully considered before we fully get on board or before we fully believe that something is actually true. The shepherds believed the words of the angel, not having seen Jesus. And they were as glad and joyful as can be. They left their responsibility of keeping watch over their flock to go see for themselves the Savior. And this is where that childlike faith of those shepherds is so vitally important. We don't see them question the angels on anything that was ever declared. No question on how could it all be possible. No question on why Jesus would ever come and why he was coming right now. No question on why they were the ones receiving such glorious news. None of the shepherds, you know, stop and say, hold on a second, guys, I, I think you ended up in the wrong field. I think what you were looking for is, you know, a couple exits back. You definitely missed the exit. The big billboard that says Bethlehem here, you should have gotten off at that exit because you definitely went past it and ended up in a field outside of Bethlehem when the announcement should have been to these royal people in there. Nothing of the sort. No questions at all. Just a simple faith and a belief, and what followed was great joy in their lives as a result. I want us all to have that same joy. Same joy the angels had in sharing the message of Christ. I want us all to have the same joy the shepherds had in receiving the message of the birth of Christ. I want us to feel as if we were there that night. As if we were eyewitnesses to the just wonderful pronouncement of the angels. That would lead to just joy unspeakable. These shepherds received a double portion of joy that night. Because not only were they on the receiving end of the message, but then they also were on the sharing end of the message. Notice again verse number 17, it says, And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. It may have been 2,000 years ago when all these events occurred. But think of it as if it all happened today and we were all eyewitnesses to the glorious encounter here. If you believe the message to be true, if you believe that Christ did indeed come and was born just as the angel declared it to be that night, If you believe that he is a savior, he is also Christ the Lord. If you believe that the blessing of Christ is extended to all people everywhere. If you believe the birth of Christ was truly a glory to God. If you believe all this to be true, what difference does it make if it took place 2,000 years ago? The date doesn't do anything to change the fact that it is true. The date doesn't diminish any aspect of Christ's birth. The gap of time between what we're reading in Luke chapter 2 to where we are here in December 2021 doesn't take away from the glory that was seen there that night. And it certainly doesn't diminish the great joy that is available to all those who share the message and to all those who receive it in faith. Notice verse 15 once more. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem. And see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. These simple minded shepherds believed the message. Were we just dreaming that all this happened? No. The first thing that they say is, let us now. Go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass. They were so filled with joy just from believing what the angel told them. They knew there was even greater joy waiting for them when they saw Jesus. The joy of Christmas is found in Christ. Everything you hear about Jesus in the Bible, you ought to believe. And then you ought to be led to say, let me now go unto him. There is no lasting joy apart from Christ. It was Christ that led the angels to leave heaven to declare this wonderful message to the shepherds. It was the message of Christ that led the shepherds to believe and with joy run to see Christ for themselves. And it was Christ that brought everlasting joy to change those shepherds forever. So that when they returned, they returned as new men. The shepherds made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning Jesus, the Bible says. And they returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen there that night, as it was told unto them. It was the greatest birthday. It was the birthday of our King and of our Savior. God made his dwelling here on earth. And this is why we have reason to rejoice today. For the joy of heaven came to earth, offering joy to all who hear. all who receive, and to all who share the glorious news of Christ's birth. Would you bow with me in prayer this evening? Our gracious, loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we humbly come before you just so thankful. Thankful beyond what our words can ever express, Lord, for what we've looked at here this evening is a, a message, Lord, that is far greater than what our finite minds can understand and comprehend. Lord, how you ever loved us in such a way is is beyond what we can understand and put into words. But we are so very thankful that you did indeed love us, that you sent us your Son, Lord, to be everything he needed to be, everything we needed him to be. He is indeed, Lord, our Savior. And Lord, may we praise him this Christmas. May he constantly be on our hearts and minds. Lord, may we know what it is to have the true and everlasting joy in Christ. Lord, as we receive his message and also go forth proclaiming it to those around us. May we understand, Lord, where true joy how was born there in Bethlehem that night. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.